As what I mentioned at the beginning of this Mass, we are celebrating today the Good Shepherd Sunday. And every year, the fourth Sunday of Easter, we always hear in the Gospel the picture or image of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. And traditionally, Good Shepherd Sunday is really to talk about the vocation to the priesthood and religious life. But I want us to expand our own understanding of shepherding, not just concentrating on the priesthood and religious life, but to all vocations. Because in one way or another, we also shepherd. If you're married and also as a parent, you shepherd your family. And even if you're single, you surely shepherd your own life. So no one is really outside this call to be shepherds. But what is good shepherding? What is good shepherding? The gospel today is very instructive as to what are the great traits and characteristics of a good shepherd. The first thing that we can discern from the gospel, which was repeated on and on, was that a good shepherd knows his flock. It's repeated here several times. I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I will lay down my life for the sheep. Knowing, knowing the person, the idiosyncrasies, the weaknesses, the strengths about the person that we are, that we ha that have been entrusted to us. I remember a few years ago, I was talking with a friend of mine, and uh, this friend of mine used to work a lot and travel a lot as part of his work. And uh, he rarely see his kids, um, especially because of, because of the, the nature of his work. He was gone a lot. And in one of those rare weekends that he was home, it was on a Friday on his way up from the airport to, to his house, he called his wife and told his wife, "Hun, I'm going to take care of breakfast tomorrow. I'll do breakfast for you guys. And the wife was super excited. And he was so excited too, because he really wanted to spend time with the family. And this is one of those weekends that he was home. So he wanted to do something special for them. And uh, he woke up really early in the morning of Saturday to prepare for breakfast. He labored, labored of you know, he labored to cook because he really wanted to be with them and do something special for them. And then when he was done with cooking breakfast, he called the kids and said, breakfast is ready. And they were so excited too. So they were sitting around the table. And then when he returned after getting milk, 
he just saw his kids staring at the table, staring at, you know, what he cooked. And he was wondering, don't you guys love what I did, what I cook? And one of them said, Dad, we're allergic. We're allergic to peanuts. <laughs> and then he asked, since when? <laughs> and one of them said, from birth? <laughs> and that was really an eye-opener for him. He said, for all this time, I didn't know that my kids were allergic to peanuts. And that was a big eye-opener for him. He said, I don't know my kids. I love them. And everything that I do right now with work is all about them, but I don't really know them. And they're growing so fast. They're growing so fast. He called me a few days after that, and he said, I'm really seriously discerning finding work closer to home where I don't have to travel that much. I know my current job right now pays well and sustains the family well, but if I keep on going this way, I'm going to be a complete stranger to them, and they're growing so fast. He tried to find work. Actually, it was the pandemic that changed everything. He was laid off, and that forced him to find work closer to home. Do we really know the people that are entrusted to our care, those people that we are called to shepherd to? Do we really know them? Sometimes we live in the same house, and it is as if we live with a stranger, <laughs> because we don't really know. Sometimes, I've said this so many times, sometimes children spend more time with gadgets than with actual people at home. <laughs> Do we really know them? And because the shepherd knows his flock, we were told that they listen to his voice. They listen to his voice. I remember a few years ago, I had an overseas um, trip, and whenever I go out of town or out of the country, I always enjoy going to Saturday market. You know, it's really where you feel the, or experience just the local vibe. That's where you understand the, the, the culture of the place. And I was in this huge... Saturday market, and uh, in the middle of the piazza, as I was walking, there was this kid who was crying profusely. And everyone, you know, started to congregate around her and was asking her what's going on. And since most of the people in the Saturday market were tourists, we could not really understand what she was saying in her local language, in her local dialect. The only thing that we could understand was mama, mama, meaning she was looking for her mom. And she was just crying profusely. And someone said, call the police to report what's going on. 
And suddenly, as people were figuring out what to do, this little girl stopped crying and said, Mama, 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 and there's, there's a lot of noise. And she ran to that direction, and people were following her. It was so concerned where she was going. And she found herself in the arms of her mother. I was like, how did she recognize the voice of her mother calling her out in the midst of all the noise around her? But she did. She listened to the voice of her mother, and she found herself back in her embrace. Whose voice do you listen to? You know, there are so many voices out there that sometimes the voice of God and the voice of faith overwhelm. I know the, the voices that we hear overwhelms the voice of faith and the voice of God in our own lives. Do what voice do you listen to? Do you recognize the unique voice of God calling you especially in times of important decisions and choices in life? Or do we listen more to other voices? Do we listen more to other voices? And for those people who have been entrusted to our care to shepherd them, do they listen to our voice? As parent, as shepherds of the family, do your kids or your children listen to you as the primary voice? Or do other voices dwarf your voice? And why is that if that's happening? Why is that? You know, sadly, Sometimes those who were given that unique responsibility of shepherding, I'm talking about especially church leaders, you know, in the history, in the, in the recent um, times of the church, it's hard to trust our shepherds, right? <laughs> with all things that had happened in the church recently with the sexual abuse, we, sometimes we hear issues of corruption and all of that, you know, if we couldn't trust the voices of our shepherd, where do we go to? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We have the voice of faith. We have the voice of the scriptures. We have the voice of the tradition of the church that are always consistent and always and never going to change. Leaders come and go. Sometimes we get good shepherds. Sometimes we get terrible shepherds. Sometimes we get lukewarm shepherds. But thanks be to God, the voice of the faith and the voice of the scriptures, the voice of the tradition of the church are so constant that sometimes when we are confused, because one shepherd is saying, saying one thing and the other shepherd is saying another thing. It's like, can you guys 
really represent what the church really say and teaches. Thanks be to God, there's always one constant thing that will never change, and that is the voice of faith. In this way, the Lord never abandons us, <laughs> even at times when those who were asked to be shepherds seems to have abandoned the call. The ultimate goal of any kind of shepherding is really summed up with the famous Psalm 23. You know, the Psalm 23 talks about good shepherds. And I want us to, to listen to some parts of that Psalm 23 because it spells out why the Lord is that good shepherd with a capital G and a capital S, good shepherd. In verdant pastures, he gives me repose. Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. That last line, to dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come, is the ultimate goal of any kind of shepherding. <laughs> Heaven and eternal life is the ultimate goal of any kind of shepherding. Heaven or eternal life. The best, the, be the greatest desire that a good parent can have for his or her children is heaven. The ultimate and the greatest desire that a good spouse can ever desire for his or her spouse is heaven. And the only desire that I have for each and every one of you and for myself is heaven. <laughs> That's the ultimate desire of every shepherding. So the question that we can ask ourselves is, as shepherds, do we facilitate that? <laughs> do we facilitate that? Am I a good influence to my spouse in reaching heaven? Do I inspire that person to reach heaven one day? You know, the opening prayer today spells it out. You probably didn't hear it well because I sang it. So I'm going to repeat it again. Almighty, ever-living God, Lead us to a share in the joys of heaven so that the humble flock may reach where the brave shepherd has gone before. Where did a good shepherd go before, before coming to us in the flesh? From the Father. From the Father. Every good shepherding, the ultimate goal is heaven. May, you know, one of the things that I pray every night, and this is not out of piety or anything, I pray every night as a shepherd of this parish not to, leave, not to lead anyone to hell. <laughs> because I will going to be accountable to God in the end. 
That's one thing that I always pray each day for wisdom, for understanding, for charity, for greater faith, <laughs> so that I may always lead people to the path to eternal life and not anywhere else. <laughs> because ultimately, that's what God will going to ask me at the end of my life. And I think as shepherds, same question will going to be asked and demanded of us.